Right. Well, I think then that that that's the perfect time to ask. Um, what about the other teams? What other teams have um the highest numbers of postponed games so that we could probably list who's most likely to get double game weeks win? So you've got so out of the twenty one that have been played, obviously Burnley have played seventeen. They've got four fixtures that have been postponed. I'm not even sure they've. They played in game week 21, but honestly, before that, I think they must have missed four game weeks in a row. Did they even play in game week 21? Yeah, they did. They lost to Leeds 3-1. Um, they lost to Man United 3-1 the week before. Looking for these. They didn't play in game week 19. They didn't play in game week 18. Um, they didn't play in game week 17. And... They they did play in sixteen. I don't know where the other game is that they they missed, but um, in fact, let me have a look at this because this will tell me exactly where that is. Right. Okay. Sorry. So they've missed, they they've only missed three games themselves um so they're an interesting one to take into account the obviously the other ones who have um missed games if i quickly find it um sort by smallest to largest so tottenham everton leicester watford they've all missed um three games as well Brighton, Manchester United, Wolves, Villa, Leeds, Newcastle have all missed two. Liverpool, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Brentford, Southampton and Norwich have all missed one game. And Manchester City, Chelsea and West Ham uh, haven't missed any games. If there are any in there where, in fact, it turns out that they have missed a game, it just means that um, they've then played one of their replayable fixtures. So one of those postponements has now been played. So it, so I've sort of wiped it off, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it's looking at the moment. There are some interesting ones in there, especially around I think Everton with their good fixtures. Anyway, Tottenham with their good fixtures, um, and obviously I know there's triple West Ham right now, but that's because of their good fixtures. Everyone's jumped off Chelsea because Chelsea have a few blanks coming up around the Club World Cup. I think is. Maybe now's not the time to be getting in Manchester City players, Kevin De Bruyne, etc. Because he won't be getting any double game weeks. I don't think Manchester City have actually yeah. missed a game. So, you know, I suppose it's, it's a case of whether you target someone like De Bruyne, who's obviously a, a very good asset, but will play a single game week most weeks. Or do you try and go a bit riskier? So, you know, how we punted, but well, I guess... Bowen wasn't really a punt, but how he punted on someone like Bowen this week because he had a double game week. I guess that's something you'd weigh up based on your own team. How how do you think you'd look at it? Do you think you'd take how many games they've already played into account or how many postponements they've they've had? Or do you think just do it by a week week by week basis and just see who has the most fixtures this week or next week? Yeah, I... I, I personally am taking account taking into account who's definitely going to get double game weeks and who isn't. 
because um for example i that's why i haven't added de bruyne or i haven't looked to add any other city asset because i already have two i think i want to be in a position where i either don't have a city asset by the time city have blank game weeks or i have more assets of people with double game week so that I don't have to worry about my city assets being um, in abundance um, such that I could probably bench them or um, you know whatever is the case I don't I don't have to worry about them taking away a position from a double game player so I definitely am looking at that because again like as much as you probably might miss out on a week or so if you do it like that especially if you're looking at one team down the line but in the immediate you have another team that doesn't have double game make scoring points yeah that's gonna take a hit for a while but i think you would really make up a lot of points and a lot of positions as you saw um if you hit correctly on the double game weeks because it's an opportunity for you to get double digits almost very easily and in our case with our captain bowen we got um 42 points in total which is the total of like people's game week entirely at some points. <laughs> those that those number those amounts of points are game changers when it comes to ranking mm. and positions. And it's definitely gonna be something that's gonna be worth the wait if you really focus on trying to hit them as hard as possible. And that's been my mindset. That is the only reason I haven't completely sold the idea of starting Ronaldo. And that's just because if he starts both games, he is a chance for a goal in each game. And that is already going to be more than somebody who plays in one game, for example, and only scores a goal. That is my only reason, because I I want my best, I think my best team going into this double game week is a team that has the most number of players who are nailed. They might have a yellow flag on them, but who are at least nailed. And once you know that they're healthy, they're going to play with the most number of game double game weeks. If I can get... The majority of my players with double game weeks, I'm going to be a lot more secure. I'm going to be a lot more um, okay with that team than a team with replacements for the yellow flags. Yes, but not with double game weeks. So that is that is definitely the approach I'm taking. Um, I'm definitely going to focus on capitalizing as big as possible on these double game weeks because they are point opportunities at a premium, and I think that. Um, really directing a team at this juncture in the season towards being as optimized as possible for these weeks would definitely help you climb in big jumps to um in these weeks and i it definitely would make up for a red a red arrow here or there if you experience that in doing that but i would take the risk um especially with the reward because as you said you know 100k positions is definitely going to be a huge swing Regardless of that, probably that small arrow, that red arrow that you got the week prior, it's going to be worth it. So that's how I approach it, and I'm approaching it. Um, some people like Foden, um, Foden and Code. He Foden is probably the only exception there because he does has a single game week, but he has great fixtures going forward, and because he plays for a team like Man City, who are going to be in and in and amongst the goals, you'd expect that he's going to be in and amongst the points too. But outside of that, if you have a single game and I have opportunity to replace you for a person who has a double game week or has higher probability of getting one, I'm probably going to look at that. So, yeah, that's that's where my mind is, my mindset is on that. For sure. No, I, I think you're completely correct. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that.
and I think um I really do see the upside in it because uh, I know the immediate might not look as good, but trust me, if you hold out and especially if your planning is correct, so you you not only plan for the double game weeks, but you plan with the correct assets for those double game weeks. Um, for example, like Carla mentioned, the triple up on West Ham. You don't just triple up on any West Ham players. You look for the players who are most likely to get points. So that's going to be if West Ham are playing decent opponents um, who are likely to give away clean sheets, you're probably going to want to get a, a keeper or a defender. So in our cases, it was Kufan and Fabianski because I brought in Fabianski. Mm-hmm. You you're going to want to get in whoever's in form at that particular point in time. So in our case, again, it was our captain, um, Bowen. And you're going to want to get a striker who's going to be on the end of whatever chances that they do create. And that was Antonio for me. Um, and they all returned and they all contributed in majority to my total. And again, you know, double game week, great run of fixtures. It was um, mindless really to pick them. So that's how I would do it. Really try to um, identify the assets that are of premium quality who are definitely going to be in and amongst the points once you can get them in. And if their team has this big probability of getting double game weeks going forward, especially if those double game weeks are against green-colored teams or teams that you're most likely to see goals in against, then I'd, I'd definitely go for them. So, yeah, I think um, I think that's the way I move forward. It's going to help me too. Um, to make easier decisions because at that point you'll be crossing out a lot of players and you don't have to worry about if this player does this and this player does that. You probably have a list of players that you go through and make the choice a little easier, price ranges included. For sure. So yeah, I think the last thing that we can touch on before we get into our predictions, which we haven't done for a while, is the cup. I know, I think we both were eliminated from the general cup a few weeks now. Um... I think I was the week before Christmas. I'm not sure when you were. Um, but how is your... I think your England Cup has started. How is that Cup going for you at this point? Yeah, my England Cup has started. So my my England game week, uh, my England Cup started in game week 17. Uh, I was lucky. I got a buy in game week 17, actually, which meant I progressed to the next round uh, straight away. In week 18, I won 67-48. Game week 19, I won 41-35. Game week 20, I won 50-16. Game week 21, which is game week just gone, uh, I won 88-64. So now I'm into the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I'm into the sixth round of the England Cup. Um, Looking pretty good. The opponents have come out. I've got... um, Let's have a look at the ranking of the, the guy I'm against. So his ranking is about a million exactly. Um... So I wonder if there's a way to see his team. So his team currently consists of Ramsdale, Cancelo, Alexander-Arnold, Davidson Sanchez from Tottenham, the defence, interestingly. Mm -hmm. Got 15 points this week, went quite under the radar. Um, He's got Son, Foden, Jota and Mount, Watkins, Lacazette and Dennis. So he hasn't got got any of the West Ham boys, actually. He hasn't got Bowen, Kufal or... um, Antonio, um, and it looks like based on this team, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's got seven players who are flagged as well, so he's still got Reese James, uh, Livermento, Dennis, Foden, Son, Foster. He's got Alexander Arnold, but for some reason on this, he doesn't actually have a flag. 
Um, oh, Alexander-Arnold's um, flag has been removed from FPL. There you go. There's one less headache to worry about. Just, just as we were yeah. speaking, yeah, his, his flag's gone. So um, now only got seven flags to worry about rather than eight. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this uh, England Cup. I felt I felt quite unlucky to go out of the overall cup when I did, based on one bad game week. Um, I suppose that's that's really how FPL goes, isn't it? Um, there's no guarantee that you get through. Each round, there's only about a hundred thousand managers left from the uh, from England now. So, yeah, that'd be fun. I think it'd be uh, fun to see how this cup goes. How about you? Are you Definitely. in the? Oh, now the problem is that you've got the Trinidad and Tobago Cup. Is that right? Yep. Um, but I don't think that's started yet, has it? Or has that started recently? No, no, it hasn't. Said it's going to start in Game Week Twenty Four. So. In a couple of weeks, but um, what has started for me is the Man City Cup. Ah. So that started since game week nineteen, and I have still, I'm still in it. Thankfully, um, in game week twenty two, I won my first one forty three twenty three, which is crazy that I won that in that week. <laughs> um, the second one sixty six forty seven. That was the week that I had seventy. I took I took a hit, and then this week just finished eighty three to forty two. Now the person that I'm playing, it's it's very very funny, um because the team name is Aguero ninety three twenty, so by rights I should lose this because you know I have to give all respects Aguero, um but <laughs> with all jokes aside, um his team actually is, um very decent because he scored seventy two points in last week, um he also has Bowen he captain Bowen, but Bowen is the only West Ham asset that he owns. Which is going to be interesting. Um, he still has Salah, so there's definitely somebody he's going to sell. He has Jota, Bernardo in his midfield, Tomiyasu, Alexander Arnold, Rudiger, Cancelo as his backline with Sanchez in his goal, Guaita on his bench, uh, Brathwaite from Everton, yeah, Watkins and Bronghill on his on his bench. So in terms of flags, he has much better of a team than I do. He only has. Um, we can call it four because he's definitely going to get rid of Salah. Four flags that is really going to be affecting him. Um, Tommy Asu, Ronaldo, Dennis, and Brathwaite. And I guess, yeah, it seems as if he's he's an active manager. So that's the first thing I always look for, if they're actually active. And then it seems as if he made um, some changes which fit for the game week. So in terms of all of that, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup as well. Um, and I don't see why this wouldn't be a close one. So I think it will all come down to how many players I can hit, I can um, feel, how many players return for me, and then how big of I take in order to get those players. So yeah, that's true because hits obviously yeah. come into effect during the um during the cup. It's taken into account, which means that if you take hits, obviously it takes away from your final score in the cup. You know, got to be careful, I suppose. But the problem is, how do you deal with it? Because you know, next week you could have seven. You could do wild card, and then seven players get flagged next week. So, what happens? Yeah, happens. Sure. Do you think? I, I think, given your team and given his team, I definitely think you have a chance. I hope so. I I, I hope so. Um, 
But my whole thing would be capitalizing on this double gimmick. Like, I want to capitalize on it. If I can capitalize on it, I believe that I can get in excess of 70 points. And that's just because of capitalizing on those two games. So that's going to be my whole aim. Um, if that's going to be very possible with the flags, I hope so. But that's what I'm going to be aiming for to really capitalize on those games. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's um end off with our predictions, and we have quite a bit to get through. So let's see if we can get them. Definitely. Um. Well, um. There's oh, we should mention that there's um, fourteen. There's obviously fourteen games this week. Um. Just to quickly run over which fixtures are the double game week fixtures. So the teams that the eight teams with the extra fixtures are Burnley, Watford, Brighton, Chelsea, Leicester, Spurs, Brentford, and Man United. So just think about those when you're making your your transfers as well. Obviously with mine, De Bruyne doesn't actually have a double game week, so you know, it could end up being someone like Lucas Mora, um, you know, there's not really a great double game week for anyone. So, but yeah, just just to bear in mind that those are the double game weeks. So we'll be doing predictions for those as well. Um, if I make a note of the predictions, um, you can tell me the order of the teams. Um, just bear with me a second. Right. Make sure I get it up. What's the what's the first fixture this game week? Right, so the first one is Brighton and Crystal Palace. Okay. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. I think um I'm thinking about it I I don't know which direction I'm going. Um I think as you touched on the fact that probably for teams like Crystal Palace, Brighton isn't the easiest fixture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and then obviously, um, even though Brighton made, not Brighton Palace made a fight of the game and towards the end against West Ham, they are in a, uh, susceptible to conceding a lot of goals because uh, they conceded three goals against West Ham. Should have conceded more, to be very honest. Um, they would be likely to concede against the likes of Trossard and Co. And then this is a derby, isn't it, uh, between Brighton and Palace? Isn't this a derby, I think? Because um... the last one I remember... I remember Trossard mocking the crowd for some reason I've, after Zaha's called for his I've heard that it's a derby, but it's not a local derby. It's not. I mean, Brighton's fairly close to London. Um, Crystal Palace is South London. So if, I guess if you go south east a little bit, you get to. Sorry, southwest a little bit, you get to Brighton. But nah, they're not a local derby, but maybe they're a derby in terms of, you know, how much they fight for position in the league over the years, sort of thing. Yeah, I I do remember something. There's gonna be some. It's gonna be high octane. You know what? I'm gonna go one all. That was his score. The last, the first fiction. I think I'm gonna stick with that as well. I believe both of them. They're both gonna be vying for bragging rights and might end up gonna steal me. That's fair. No, I I can I can fully agree that um they'll both be up for it. But to be honest, both teams have been very good defensively, but. 
you know, Crystal Palace have been okay going forward, but Brighton have been really good defensively. So I'm going with 1-0 to Brighton. I'm giving the home team a slight advantage here. Um, I think I think 1-0 is probably... Yeah, I just can't... It shouldn't be a really boring game. It's like Brighton Wolves or Wolves Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace Brighton. They're all just going to be kind of 1-0, 0-0, 1-0, that sort of game. No offence to any... Brighton, Crystal Palace, or Wolves fans out there, I'm sure your teams are really, really interesting. But <laughs> from an FPL, from an FPL or a, a score prediction perspective, I just can't see there being many goals. Really, um, I think yeah, I'm just gonna go with one all. Yeah. Um, so the next game I'll be having on the list here is a big one: Man City versus Chelsea. Ooh. Um, so the reverse fixture of this game was the ideal fixture for me in terms of the gameplay as a City fan because the game plan was excellent. City defended um, in hostile territory, no less, in Stamford Bridge. They went there with a game plan. They executed as well as they could have. I mean, I'm talking about a defensive masterclass. Um, they kept Lukaku in check, who was in some sort of a, um, a runner form at that point. And they against a defense that was deemed impenetrable at that point because i think before that they had only conceded a goal or something like that chelsea and had a run of clean sheets and walks out of Stamford bridge with three points um having not conceded so with that being mine that in mind and then the fact that city have been on like a 12 game winning streak or 11 game in the streak now um they seem unbeatable they even winning games they're not supposed to really because that arsenal game was I mean, Arsenal really were hard done by not to get anything from my game, much less a loss. Um, I'm going to go City. I'm going to go bold here. I'm going to say City 2-0 because the run of form City is in once they go out on a day and play the football that they're capable of, the dominating type of football, no less. And the fact that Chelsea plays in the hands of City, more or less, because Chelsea defends so deep. I see Chelsea being susceptible to conceding twice and with their defensive troubles of late. I can see City knocking on the door a few times, especially since they're going to be home now. Mm. And the fact that now they have issues on top with Lukaku, I was suggesting that <laughs> I was suggesting that the City fans come in into Milan jerseys. But you know, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, but two nil to City is my prediction for that game. Yeah, no, I I put down exactly the same prediction and pretty much for exactly the same reasons as well. So I I said that um, or sort of, I think that Chelsea have a few problems at the moment. Um, I don't think they're going to capsize. I don't think they're going to you know completely capitulate. But I do think Man City are just going to have the upper hand in this game and especially being at home. Uh, I can see that. You could, I could see it being 1-0 to Man City pretty much throughout the whole game. Man City could score early. Chelsea will defend and try and hold that lead, and they'll do so very well. They might have a big few chances. And then right at the end when Chelsea are pushing, two shells and them up the pitch, and uh, you know they'll counter-attack and they'll score. Manchester City will. So, yeah, I think that's how that one will go. So I've said 2-0 as well. Right, so then... Yep, yep, um... Right, so the next game on our list is Leicester versus Burnley. Um, pretty interesting one because Leicester of late have been finding real good promise in Madison. Madison has really come to 
come to a very nice purple patch. He's, he's coming good on the, the glimpses and the performances he put in last season, that's for sure. I mean, I think uh, as of right now, he's really justifying his position in the England team, to be honest with you. He's been that good. And then he's been performing against big teams. I mean, the performance he put in against City was, well, not completely excellent, but his second half was extraordinary. And he definitely bossed the game up until um, Leicester scored the third goal. I mean, after that, it kind of fell apart a little bit. But Madison was the real reason that that game was even close, to be honest. Um, so with that being said, and obviously Burnley being Burnley, um, I'm going to look at Leicester winning the game. However, I do see Leicester susceptible to conceding at least once. Um, so I'm going to go Leicester 2-1. Leicester win the game 2-1. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Um, I think for me, I'm going with... I'm going to say a 3-0 win to Leicester. Um, I, I have a feeling that Chris Wood leaving the camp is going to cause massive amounts of doubt in the Burnley players. I, I, I can imagine that he has a, quite a big dressing room presence. Um, he's yeah. a big striker, yeah. you know, he scores. He's He has, maybe not this season, but he has scored quite a lot of goals for them. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a big, big miss to you know, the dressing room, to how they play. You know, they're going to boot the ball up up top and there's not going to be anyone there to, to, to keep it there in the opponent's half so yeah I've gone with 3-0 Leicester Leicester picked up a, a fair bit of form before the the long week break that we had um, recently so I, I really think that Leicester will pick it back up I'm, I'm sure they're going to win this game convincingly so 3-0 sure. to Leicester is my prediction yeah, that makes sense. Newcastle Watford. Um, just a mm. a side note on this is how long is Wilson out for? You know what? I'm not sure. Um, I can have a quick check. And Saint Maximin, to be honest with you, I I'm, I don't think he's back. Anyway, he's definitely not back already. So. Okay. It, it says expected about fifth of March calf injury. Expected about fifth of March, so two months. Just under seven weeks. Does that mean Chris okay. Wood stops up front? Um, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that, and I was thinking, um, what is his supply chain going to be like? Because if he is, he's going to be in a new team, new system, but he's not going to have the best players in that system to play with out the gate it's going to be interesting John Joe Shelby probably is going to be attacking a little more who knows I mean I think I see him as the third best option attacking wise outside of Wilson and St. Maximin um, but with all that or in, do you think Shelby is more attacking said, than so Joe Linton I I honestly because Joe Linton the, the shift he put in against United it was United when they had a one all draw yeah it was United um and they completely bossed the game, to be honest with you. They should have won that game, barring the hairs, a couple of brilliant saves. Um, Joe Linton played as a typical, what, what did they call it, boy? Prime schools? This is what they called it. <laughs> he, he, he completely he bossed the central midfield, and it was crazy to see an attacker transition to the midfield like that. But at least in that game, he definitely put in a shift, and it wasn't a typical 
um, attacking midfielder kind of shift. He was in the center of midfield, breaking up tackles, almost as if, as if he was playing CDM. But that was really jo- John Joselvi's role. But he was definitely not attacking as much as you would think he would be, especially for a player who plays in his position. Um, so I I think, honestly, going forward, John Joselvi is going to be much more of a threat now that obviously he has his long shot arsenal but he also has the ability to hit long balls and that's ex- that's what i'm focusing on it's the fact that john Shelby's repertoire is based on long passing and wood thrives on that mm. i think wood, wood is going to um definitely appreciate that kind of service going forward anyway so i think john Shelby is going to have an impact but outside of that um watford with their goal scoring ability i do see watford getting a few in here um because Unless Newcastle find a way to repeat that defensive performance against Manchester United, which, to be fair, was the best performance they've had for the season so far, by far. Um, that was with Callum Wilson and Sir Maximum on the field, by the way, as well. Um, barring that, I see Watford getting in three in this game. So I'm going to say 3-1. I'm going to give Newcastle a goal because I think that they will get through because Watford haven't been the best defensively as well either. But I'm going to think. I'm thinking what we're going to run away with this game. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, I'm, I'm actually going completely the opposite way. I'm saying 2-0 to Newcastle. I think that Trippier and Wood will provide a big boost in terms of morale, bringing in new players. You know, obviously Tripper's, tri- Tripper, Trippier is... Um, he, he's a good player. You know, he's played for Tottenham. He's played for Man City. He's played for Atletico Madrid. Um... He's a really good signing, especially for Newcastle. Um, and I think Chris Wood as well could, you know, if he goes straight up front, got Trippier crossing into a Wood header, you know, not saying that's the way it's going to yeah, go, yeah. but I think I think it'll just provide a bit of um, morale throughout the camp. I think that Watford, obviously, without Dennis, if Dennis isn't playing, will be a big blow to them because I think a lot of Watford fans are saying he's their basically their main creator and any goal that goes through Watford seems to go through Dennis so I think Watford are actually going to struggle to score at the moment I think it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out but yeah I think Newcastle this like you said especially the way they played against Man United where they should have won really um, means that I'm sure, I'm sure they'll dominate Watford I can't see I can't see Watford scoring and I can't see Watford not conceding. Uh, Watford haven't kept a clean sheet in what was it? Something like twenty-two weeks or something like that. It's something ridiculous. They haven't kept a clean sheet this season. I think it was into the the end of last. That's season as that's well. the season. Yeah, yeah, that's the entire of the season. It was twenty-two weeks. Mm. Um. Wow. So it it was something like that. They have definitely haven't kept a clean sheet this season. I'm sure it went into a little bit of last season as well. So. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, I'm, I'm back in Newcastle, especially because Newcastle are at home. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that makes sense. Um, next one is Norwich v Everton. I think two teams who are playing absolutely rubbish. <laughs> yeah, but I think what you said, and obviously with DCLB being on the comeback trail, um, it's gonna add some sort of attacking boost to them. I do see Everton. I think out of the two, Everton are probably going to dominate the game. Um, because Norwich haven't really looked as if they have that much attacking intent in many games, to be honest with you. 
and um it doesn't speak well for them goal scoring wise and then obviously i mean i think they have something like a minus 36 goal difference so you can tell how many goals they concede so i'm gonna go everton running away with this game just on the basis of everton having the better quality of players and probably would have an improved mindset over norwich because norwich look like a team that just going to games now really hoping to do damage control much much more than anything so two nil to everton two nil to everton i i yeah i i it's hard isn't it because obviously norwich have looked so poor but then so have everton it's, it's effectively a battle of who's worse more than who's better um I'm going to say 0-0 because I, I honestly don't think either team can score right now. Oh, no, no. I'm going to say 1-0 to Everton. I'm going to say 1-0 to Everton because I think ECL being back, Damari Gray, like I said, I have to remember that Everton have had a really bad run of fixtures. It's not just poor form that they've been on. Obviously, they've had bad fixtures to go with it. Um, if they don't make a comeback in this game, it's... I mean, it's now or never for them to start regaining their form. So I'm pretty sure they're going to put everything out there to, to try and win that game as much as they can, get their confidence back. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go 1-0 to Everton, but I, I think it'll be a really scrappy, potentially even boring game of just misses and big chances. and Yeah. Uh, What's the next game? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so the next game is Wolves versus Southampton. Wolves versus Southampton, that's an interesting one. I think I'll go first on this one. So obviously, mm -hmm. Wolves have been particularly good defensively recently. Southampton have conceded a lot recently. But attacking-wise, Southampton haven't been too bad. Um, Brozier's been in good form. Uh, Shea Adams has been in good form. So I think I'm gonna have to I'm gonna i I'm gonna say one nil to Wolves. Uh but only because Wolves mm. are the home team. I just Hampton have been good going forward, but Wolves have been so good defensively, but I think they'll just just about outdo them. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Um I think Hmm. I think on my end, I'd probably, you know what? I think I'm thinking more of a draw. To be honest with you, I'm 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 feeling that because of Wolves' ability to defend, and the fact that Southampton have just shown the ability to score. So I've seen Southampton scoring, but at the same time, I don't think Wolves would allow what happened against Brentford to repeat itself. So I'm gonna go one all. I'm gonna go draw one all. Everything shit. I would yeah. just note as yeah. well that um, I noticed that Raúl Jiménez was uh, rested in his midweek fixture uh, in the cup. So I think that pretty much says that he's going to play at the weekend. He was on the bench, so he's not injured and he hasn't got COVID or anything like that. Um, I just thought it was interesting yeah. to mention that he is he is he is being rested midweek so that he can play in the league. That's that's my understanding anyway. So I'm sure he'll start. There won't be any random benchings or anything like that, as far as I can tell. 
the next sure, game is sure. Aston Villa versus Man United. How do you feel about that? Mm. Mm. I think that's a really odd. I think look going going into the, yeah. I wonder because people like Coutinho out. Do you see Coutinho starting his first game? I don't know. You see, if 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 Gerard gets it right from the from the onset, so let's assume that he gets it right with his formation, you know, chemistry wise and stuff. Obviously, was all to stuff out. I can see Aston Villa going to United. Well, um, playing against United rather, um, and showing themselves approved. I I I could see Aston Villa at least coming away with a draw. Do I think they're going to win? I always have to leave room for United to at least get at the last caps, class goal. You know what? I think it's going to be something similar to what happened against Newcastle. Um, in that Newcastle probably going to dominate. So Aston Villa, sorry, are probably going to dominate. Um, score and then concede. Um, probably very unluckily. So probably one all. I I can see that game going that exact pattern, because United have not been great of late, and then they have been very very um weak in the midfield. Which has been stopping them from getting anything going forward. So, I think one all, I think one all with Aston Villa dominating that game is going to be my prediction. Definitely no, I think that's fair. I I completely agree that I think Aston Villa are definitely going to put their mark on the game. I just think that uh, Man United will have some sort of ability to attack. I think the biggest problem that Man United have had recently is the fact that Ronaldo um, and actually a couple of the the front few. The, the sort of attack for United don't really press. Obviously, that's part of um, Rangnick's style is to press. Um, so I think with Ronaldo out, I'm very interested to see whether he'll play Greenwood and Rashford up front, who definitely will chase the ball. That could produce a lot more good results for Man United. On the counter, I really don't, still don't like Man United's defence. I don't think they've got particularly good defenders. David De Gea has been playing well. Maguire hasn't been playing well. Varane hasn't been playing well. Delot and Wambasaka are swapping positions. Well, yeah, quite a lot. Luke Shaw hasn't been playing well. You know, I, I don't really like them defensively. Uh, so I think Aston Villa will score a couple, and I think Man United will score a couple as well, like you said, on the back of a Villa mistake or something like that. I'm saying two all personally, so I think that'll be an interesting. I think that'll be a game to watch actually. If there's, if it's on TV, that'll be the game to watch. I think. Next game is um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Liverpool versus Brentford. Liverpool at home. Will they do as well without mm. Salah and Mane? I personally, and this is just as a probably as a arrival um, fan. I personally think they will see a dip in form. And this is totally based off of the goals that they were scoring for this entire season. Like they were scoring at an insane rate. But I think attacking wise they will be defeated and they will need to reshuffle a lot of what they do. Because Liverpool's football is very high octane in that they move very quickly. They attack you very quickly and they score rapidly. And they score in bunches. So without the speed and the explosion of both Salah and Mane missing and then the fact that you're going to have to put in strikers who haven't played together to accommodate and to assist Jata, it's going to be a big hole to fill. Um, 
With that being said, however, against a Brentford team that conceded four against a team like Southampton, I do still see this Liverpool team creating a few chances. So, with that in mind, I'm going to say 2-0 to Liverpool. 2-0 to Liverpool. That's, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's about fair, to be fair. But the biggest problem for me is that Brentford are really bad at the moment. They concede a lot of goals right now. And... Uh, it really depends how well Liverpool cope without Salah and Mane. And uh, is it Naby Keita who's gone as well? I think he went. Yes, two of them, yeah. To Avcon, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say three 0 to Liverpool, but not based on me thinking Liverpool's attack is going to be massively amazing. More just me thinking about the fact that Jota, Origi, Minamino, Firmino might all. Just ruin, just ruin Brentford. Yeah, I, d- I don't think it's necessarily that attack is particularly potent. I just think it's more that Brentford just can't really defend right now, and especially with Raya's replacement, who I cannot remember the name of for the life of me. Um, with him in goal, I think it'd be a bit of a, a bit of a slaughter fest. And also, yeah, just to mention that Liverpool are at home as well, which will make make a big difference in my opinion. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, next game on the radars, West Ham versus Leeds. West Ham are at home. How do you feel about that one? Actually, I'll go first because West Ham, my team. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, listen, West Ham have been in really good form recently. Obviously, back up to fourth. You know, we've won our last four now, four on the bounce, including cup fixtures. Leeds are a team with a lot of injury problems still. Obviously, they've got some returns with COVID. Um, West Ham have got a lot of their defence back. The problem is that every time I bet on a West Ham win, the opposite happens. So I tend to just to say 2-0 to Leeds and just be done with it. But uh, if I'm being completely unbiased, then I'm going to have to say 2-0 to West Ham. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I think, um, to be honest with you, I think I'm I'm going to just updo that just up that us a little bit and go 3-0 because I think um, they're in that sort of form where they can score three goals and you know really really get into the teeth of their defence so 3-0 to West Ham is my um, my prediction mm. 3-0 yeah say 3-0 yep 3-0 um, so our final single game week fixture technically is Tottenham versus Arsenal before we come on to the the extra games that have been added so Tottenham are the home team this week how do you feel that one's going to go um you know that's going to be a that's going to be a tight one because in that one you have two teams who that's what is it the North London North London Derby right I think um in that case it's going to be a high, high intensity. A lot of emotions involved. Arsenal on the great on the form. I mean, Tottenham too, to be fair, in the Premier League, they're they undebeaten still since Conte has come in. But with the football Arsenal played, especially as a City fan who watched the game from the start to finish against City, I mean, Arsenal dominated that game probably from the kickoff to the, to the full-time whistle. The result didn't reflect that, but Arsenal definitely deserved um, at least a point from the way they played. 
if they produce any kind of form like that against Tottenham, I can see Tottenham losing that game very easily because Arsenal's style of play is, is very reminiscent of the older versions of the Arsenal Wenger teams that were very ticky-tacker, the most resembling team possibly to the Pep Guardiola teams of um, Barcelona, to be honest. So, I think... But however, I do, I do respect what Tottenham have been able to do. Granted, they haven't been as great as they should be. I'm going to say 2-1 to Arsenal. Because Arsenal have just been in a form where they can go to a team like Tottenham and they can definitely boss the game. I think I expect Arsenal to come in this game too. So 2-1 to, to Arsenal. Yeah, I think, I think that's um, I think that's completely fair. Um, I've got the predictions the wrong way around there, sorry. I've gone with um, one nil to Arsenal, and I, my reasoning is that obviously both teams have been playing really well recently. But Arsenal have been playing really well, and they don't really have any injury concerns either. Um, whereas Tottenham now have Sun out, and I don't know how big of a miss Sun's going to be, especially as Harry Kane hasn't been massively performing. Um, I think one of the biggest upturns in the fact that Harry Kane's now started performing has been Sun's performances as a result of that, if that makes sense. So I think Sun's been benefiting from the fact that Kane's been on good form. And I just don't know if Sun being out just will knock Kane's ability to score. Um, um, yeah, I'm going to go with 1 0 to Arsenal, probably a sack of goal from the left or something like that when. Tottenham push a bit too far. Hard to say in it, I suppose. Or maybe a Smith Rowe goal when he comes on for about three minutes. Still bitter about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> our next game is Burnley versus Watford. Burnley are the home team. How do you feel about that one? Again, it's an um, opportunity where um, goals can be scored. I think... I mean, it's going to be quite interesting to predict these from now, knowing that um, Watford have already played. I think it would have been, you know, it would have been great to see them in the first fixture of the double game. But with that being said, I think Watford are going to be a team that is going to go there and dominate the game. I think with the style of play Burnley play, Watford are going to um, really benefit from having a, a team like Burnley set back against them and allow them to play the the expressive footballer they do play. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one, two one to um to Watford. It's really, 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 really interesting. But yeah. One to Watford. Yeah, I I can probably agree with that. To be honest, I'm probably gonna go. Probably gonna go nil nil. Um, I think. I don't know. Watford without Dennis and Burnley without Wood. It's just, it's just all of their kind of threat. Both of them have just gone. They've got no attacking force now. Um, well, then again, it's hard, isn't it? Because Watford haven't got a clean sheet. Will they keep a clean sheet? If they're ever going to keep a clean sheet this season, Burnley, when they've lost Chris Wood, is the time to do it. So yeah, I'm going to punt on Watford keeping their first clean sheet of the season. I'm just going to go nil nil to um. To Watford. No, what am I on about? Sorry. I'm just going to go 0-0. Not even 0-0 to Watford or to Burnley. Just 0-0. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> um, the next one is Brighton versus Chelsea. What do you think about that one? You know what? I'm going to go really bold. I'm going to say 1-0 to Brighton. I think Brighton have looked really good recently. Um, and I think Chelsea haven't looked as good defensively as they could. Lukaku's got a big problem at the moment. I know he's come out and apologised, but is he going to play him straight away? Werner can't hit a barn door. Mount could do okay, but Brighton's defence have been really good. Um... On the contrary, Brighton have been scoring in most games and Chelsea's defence has been pretty poor. Uh, Brighton are the home team as well, which makes me swing 1-0 to Brighton. But that's a big pun, I think. That's definitely a pun. Uh, I'm going to continue with the trend of Chelsea conceding, but still scoring. Um... And I'm going to go... I think Chelsea are going to find a way to win this game. But I do I do see Brighton playing exceptional football. So I think 2-1 to Chelsea is my um my prediction. 1 to Chelsea. Your last three predictions have been 1-2. Tottenham, Arsenal, Burnley, Watford, Brighton, Chelsea all been 1-2 to the away team. Yeah, they've been 2-1-ish. <laughs> yeah. um, the next game up is Leicester versus Tottenham. Oh, it's going to be another tricky one. For me, if I can go first on this one, for me, Leicester have been playing really well recently. Again, sun's out. I just see that having a massive impact on Tottenham. I'm going to say 1-0 to Leicester. I think it'd be a really good game, though, to be honest with you. Mm. Yeah. Um. Hmm. You know, obviously, hindsight would be 2020 here, but assuming that Tottenham play the way they play against Arsenal. I think they're going to meet a very difficult match in Leicester. And I'm actually going to go I'm going to go a little bold here and say that Leicester are going to find a way to crack Tottenham's defence. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that Leicester are going to win um, 3-1. Leicester 2-1, <clears throat> yeah? 3-1. Okay, that's interesting. Just out of interest, who do you think is going to score for Leicester? Madison's been really good recently. I, I'm actually quite tempted to get him in my team, but the problem is his uh, fixtures look quite hard at the moment. Hey, that's the only thing for me. Um, but I think he's going to get in another goal. He's going to assist too. I feel he's going to assist as well. I think um, Iheanacho, not Iheanacho, yeah, he's Dev Khan, not there. Daka? Who was it? Not Daka. And he was my... Differential. No, no, no. He was on Fulham. Oh, uh, Just came in from Fulham. Yeah. Look, man. I, look. I have a sneaky feeling that if he plays, he's going to get in. And he, act, he looked very good against City. No, I completely um, agree. And I think actually when that Lookman might actually get into their first team permanently. He's looked really good when he's come on. He's yeah. looked really, really good. I think. And that hurts me as an FBL player, by the way, because Lookman was my whole differential for the almost the entirety of the end of last season and did not return at all. <clears throat> mainly because he was playing for a Fulham team that wasn't rewarding him for the service he was given. Like he was literally um playing. He was definitely on a different level to the entirety of that yeah. Fulham eleven last season. Which is why I was happy for him to get transferred in. So yeah, I think Lookman's gonna get in on the act too. And Barnes, as you mentioned, Barnes. Barnes also has been on a quiet tear as well. 
Um, so I think those three are the three I, I can see scoring against Tottenham. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Um, the final fixture of the game week then, Brentford versus Manchester United. Now again, I'm as totally assuming that United's form holds through this entire week. I again, I as much as Brentford have been poor, I do see Brentford looking at United as hobbled and weak and an opportunity to bounce back. And with that being said, I think Brentford can really cause them problems. Um, the only thing though is that because Brentford have defensive issues, I think United are going to be in on chances, and they're definitely going to see their way. Through to a few goals. So you know what? I'm going to go entertaining game and I'm going to say to all, it's going to be a draw. It's going to be um, end-to-end. Both defense is not really the strongest. Yeah, to all. To all. I, I think for me personally, that's a Manchester United win. Like I said, with... Mm. Um, it depends really if Ronaldo's back for that Brentford game. In fact, can I have a quick look at... Um, it might help everyone else to know as well. So the first Man United game is on Saturday. So Saturday the 15th of January. Their second game is on Wednesday the 19th. So they do have three or four days of rest. Uh, I think that will give Ronaldo enough time to come back, which is the problem. Saying that, Ronaldo could then score against Brentford. So actually, that would make me think, you know, that if, uh, if you were thinking, of selling Ronaldo, I'd just bear in mind that he's probably back for that Brentford game. And obviously Brentford are really struggling defensively at the moment. Just as a you know, just as another thing to think about. Um I'm gonna go two nil to Manchester United. Um I can't see mm. I can't see Manchester United um doing much other than uh, I Sorry, I don't think I can see Brentford doing much other than conceding two goals. It's, yeah, it's, I think Brentford's defence is bad. I think Brentford's attack is bad. I think Man United will just beat them because they're just slightly better on the ball. Again, similar to sort of how I said about Liverpool's attack, I don't think it's necessarily going to be Man United's attack that's going to win them the game. It's just going to be Brentford's poor defence. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. That's That's all the predictions anyway, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. You wanna do you wanna yeah, wrap things sure. up now? We'll pick it back up after the game week. Obviously the deadline is at I should just tell everyone. Um six thirty UK time uh tomorrow evening. So for you Dom two thirty. Um not long. I really, I still don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to get in a double game week player. Potentially someone like Saka sure. could be could be worth a shout for a double game week. But downgrading Sun to Saka is massive. I suppose then if you hold the money, you can always then upgrade. I could always upgrade Saka or McGinn to De Bruyne. That could be a very good move, you know. We'll see how that goes. Maybe that'll be my transfer. I'll do a minus yeah. four and I'll do Mc Sun Sun to De Bruyne and uh McGinn, who's now red flagged to um Saka. A good double game week fixture. See how that goes. 
Have you any any updates on what you think you might do for your transfers, or are you going to sleep on it and wait for the press conferences? Definitely sleeping on it and waiting for the press conferences. I do have a a, a template going with Jota, mini midfield, probably instead of the De Bruyne bringing in at, at Spurs defender, looking at getting a Watford double. Those are what I'm juggling. Um, but I'm definitely waiting. I'm definitely going to be smack bang on the deadline before I make my final decisions. Because I really haven't completely um, ruled out wildcarding either, as much as I don't want to. If it is going to be the best way forward, I think I'm going to just do that and try to attack not just the double gaming, but the fixture swings as well. So um, that's also an option, especially if things pop up before the deadline too. So yeah, I think that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be waiting and taking my time. Um, so yeah, I think that's... That's just about everything. I just want everything. I, I, for those who've made it to this far, thank you very much for um, enduring till the end. Um, you know, it's, this is probably going to be a two-part episode as well. But we thank you all for staying up until this point. Um, thank you for the support, the continued listeners. Um, and for those who continue to share the link, thank you so much. Continue to share it out to those who are interested in learning more about FPL because at the end of the day, this is not just for us to get better, but for everybody who listens to improve. And yeah. Let's definitely continue to improve each other by having the, these discussions. For those who see this as an opportunity to share their ideas and thoughts, please do not hesitate. Contact either Callum or myself, and we are more than be willing to have you on the show with us, especially if you have some things that you think we missed. Please, by all means, come on and let's have a discussion. So I think that's all for me. Um, Anything else you want to add as we close? Um, no, I don't think so. Good luck with everyone this uh, double game week. I'm looking forward to it. It's not no no particularly easy fixtures for anyone, but um, I think it'll be an interesting double game week nonetheless. You know, good captaincy punts could be in there and and things like that. So I'll be very interested to see how it all goes. We'll, definitely, yeah, we'll definitely pick it back cool. up when we um when we meet on the pod next time. Mm-hmm. So thanks again, everyone, for joining. Thank you, Callum, for being here. And um, we'll definitely catch up with you all on the next one. See you later, guys.